in a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Hear their stories exclusively on fantastic universes. It's one of them like, you've ever gonna grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life, I, I enjoy what I do, this is my hobby. Available on all your favorite podcast catchers. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight Hidden Gems Edition. This is the show where I, your host, Tony, hello, go into a deep dive to an indie comic or graphic novel from a company other than the big two all by myself for anywhere between 15 minutes and a half an hour depending on my mood. Well, tonight you'll be hearing some music playing under this episode because this is an episode about music. It is still about comics, but it's really about music. It's about mythology, but it's also a comic, but it's also about music. Wait, what now? What the fuck are you talking about is what you're saying. Well, here you go. So we're going to take a look at Image Comics miniseries, kind of standalone um, comic called Blue in Green, written by Ubiquitous, Bag of Awesome, Ram V, and drawn by equally awesome, but not quite as ubiquitous, Anod R.K., so Blue and Green actually takes a look at um, how music can obsess the player, but also how we all become obsessed with everything. So there's layers, as there are with almost anything. So uh, this book actually isn't that old. The trade paperback just came out in October of 2020, but I've asked around. I asked the Comics in Motion family, hey, have you guys seen this? And everybody's like, huh, what's this now? So Hidden Gem. Kablamo. Here we go. So, listen, this is a story that just hits me right in my sweet spot. I'm always listening to music when I am working. I'm listening to music. When I'm reading, I'm listening to music. When I'm doing pretty much everything, I'm listening to music. The only time I'm really not listening to music is when I'm listening to an audiobook or when I'm recording. Uh, like right now, there's not music, but you should be hearing music underneath this. My plan is to actually play music underneath this whole episode. That could get annoying, so maybe not. But that's the idea when I sat down to record it. So we'll find out. We're finding out together now as we're listening back. Is there music underneath here? Boy, I sure hope so. Anyway, so what we find is a book that focuses on... Um, a guy who is supposed to be the next big thing, and then he isn't the next big thing, and... It spirals out of control, and he feels like he's made a deal with the devil, and it didn't pay off. And so, there's this mythology with music. It all goes back to Robert Johnson, and if you don't know who Robert Johnson is, um, you should. Uh, he was the king of the Delta Blues, was his, was his tagline name, was his title, I suppose. And he was this guy who came out of nowhere, who wrote these amazing blues songs, and if if you haven't listened to them, seriously, you should go listen. Uh, probably some of the music you're hearing underneath this is some Robert Johnson. There's also going to be some Miles Davis. A little bit of everything. I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit. 
all you know public domain music that I can add because this is that kind of it's about that kind of thing um, it's about the way that um, people try to explain talent and it's how people talk about talent and more importantly how people talk about unexplored or almost and I know this is the wrong word but it's almost like unrequited talent so Robert Johnson died young, Kurt Cobain died young. You know, we have these we have these characters who are more mythology than they actually are musicians. We've we've created this sense that they're bigger than they are. And Robert Johnson's uh, mythology has, you know, there's been movies. Ralph Macchio made a movie, which the guys in VHS Strikes Back should totally do. It's called, believe it or not, Crossroads. Um, but there's... Um, there's this theory that the guys from Led Zeppelin did the same thing, that they went to the crossroads in Mississippi and sold their soul to the devils. Could be that they're just super talented guys, but no, no, no. It's got to be. Got to be that they sold their soul to the devil. And you know, obviously Kurt Cobain, they're like, oh, you know, gone too soon. And for sure, gone too soon, totally. I'm not pretending that that isn't true, but it's this idea of him being a tortured soul and that there must be some sort of otherworldly thing besides, well, you know, it could just be mental illness, uncontrolled mental illness. And so what I, I'm not being flippant there. I'm not trying to, to be that with, with what happened with these people. But there's this idea that we've, We've created a mythology for people because we don't want to deal with the fact that there could be unregulated mental illness with some of these people. And I do think that there is something about certain creative folks surely are digging into whatever demons are haunting them. It's not real demons. There's no deal with the devil. It's an internal demon. It's an addiction. It's uh, self-hatred. It's depression. It's bipolar disorder. It's anxiety. It's whatever the thing is. There's real true demons that are inside the people and they it does come out in their music. And often, I mean, I get it. Tortured artists, they make some beautiful music. I'm not trying to pretend they don't. I think uh, sometimes my favorite songs are written by people who are miserable. And I hate to say that, but their pain brings out really good music. And sometimes when people get too happy, their music suffers and I don't, I don't, I'd rather, or their art suffers. Uh, Jack and I talked about this with Chuck and uh, uh, Palak and how after he came out and got happy, his book started suffering and that the stuff that he wrote while he was miserable and in the closet and literally like having his friend be a beard for him so that he didn't have to come out. His books were a little better because he was a little more miserable and all of that angst was coming out. And then he got happy, he got rich, life got easier, his his books lost a little something. And I would much rather have Chuck be happy than have him write a book for me. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same thing with a lot of these musicians and, and artists in general. You know, there's something about pain that works in art. And you and you know, you all see all the biopics of different artists, visual artists, musicians, whatever, and they, they live through their pain. But we have created a mythology behind it, and that's what this book is about. So the the main character is like, again, he's like a wonderkind. He's supposed to be some the next big jazz player, and it just doesn't work, right? He's not. His name is Eric, and he was supposed to be a big deal, but he never really gets there. And so, of course, he makes he makes a deal with the devil after the death of his mother, and then you find out that maybe his mother might have made a deal with the devil and again spoiler free so I don't want to get too far in it but what I do want to say is that this book tackles that mythology of the tortured artist 
uh, right? It, it just straight on. And what it says is some things are, and this is something we talk about all the time on Indie Comic Spotlight and everywhere on Comics Motion Network is there's text and then there's subtext. And the text is there's a miserable, sad, horrific heartbreaker of, of a man who you kind of love, but you also kind of hate. You know, he, he was a little too big for his britches. He was a little too cocky for his own good. He, he thought he was something better than he was. And, you know, he read his own press, right? And we see that all the time and all across the board, art, sports, everywhere. People read their own press. They're like, well, I'm awesome. I can just keep cranking out the same shit. It turns out you can't. Sometimes you have to keep pressing yourself. You have to keep trying. You can't rely on yourself. If you've peaked in high school, that's a problem, right? And there's a little bit of that peaking in high school commentary that goes on in this book. And I think it's really interesting because Lam V, who, as I mentioned off the top, is somewhat of a wonderkind right now. I mean, he is fucking everywhere. And He's talented as fuck, and everybody should like what he's doing, no matter what. Indie comics, big comics, big two, whatever Ramvi is doing, you should read it because it's really good and it's really thoughtful. So I do find it interesting that there's this guy writing about potential, and, you know, I'm sure Ramvi saw all the press. I'm sure, you know, not that he's going to listen to this. I hope so. If you are, Mr. V, hello. Welcome to Indie Comics Spotlight. I'm a fan. You are good. And I'm sure you've heard that a lot. I'm sure you have heard people say how great you are. And so you have to hold on to that, right? I mean, talent is, some people say it's God-given. Some people say it's devil-given. And of course, this is, again, that mythology about it. Whatever it is, whether it's mental illness or whether it's the supernatural, but talent is talent. But you still have to cultivate it, right? You know, Tiger Woods was Tiger Woods because he's Tiger Woods because he was practicing golf since he was three or four, but he's also talented. You can't just take a three or four-year-old and make him or her into the world's greatest golfer. That kid has to practice. That kid has to eat golf, think golf, think strategy, do workout, do all the things, and, you know, push your body to the extreme, which is, of course, what he did, which a lot of top flight athletes do, right? They play this sport their whole life and they break down or they read their own press and they fall apart because they don't push anymore. And it's such a weird line. Like, what do you want? Do you want to work really hard and be the best and be the greatest and stay at the tippity tippity top? Or do you want to be like, yeah, you know what? I can coast. I can coast for a while. I'm pretty awesome. I'm, no matter what I do, it's going to be good. People are going to buy it. And then what happens? Uh, well, then you've stumbled then you fall. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I've fallen from grace. Can I get it back? And it's this weird cycle. Art is such a weird thing. I love art. We all love art. You wouldn't be listening to the show if you didn't love comic books, if you didn't love art, literal art, like, you know, the art, like you think capital A art writ large, but also like art, like, you know, visual art. You're a comic reader because you like visual art. You're a comic reader because you like the written story. You're a comic reader because you love the way it comes together. You love color and composition and framing and staging and acting. And all of that comes out in every comic book. And in this one, of course, it's about music too. But but you're here because you like that, because you want to see people succeed. You want to uh, you know, be part of that joy and journey. You want to be the one who's like, I saw Ram V. When or... You know, and I, my friend Heath and I talk about it all the time, like when we met Mike Barron at the Chicago Con before he was Mike Barron. I mean, he was Mike Barron. He was already, you know, well-known comic writer, but he wasn't Mike Barron. 
as big as he'd become. And, and actually, Dave and I were talking about Ram V when I said I was going to do this because he found he's going to do his own indie comic spotlight hidden gems edition on his own one day i can't wait for that it's also going to be about a ram v book it's an old vault book that he stumbled across because at a local shop there in england and you know before ram v was ram v that's so cool what a cool thing to say like oh man i was there at the beginning not like i found him and now that he's broken big i'm not interested in him but you know there's those people who do that too right there's the people who are like well now that he works for dc i don't like him anymore why he's still amazing good writing is good writing he's still making these indie books too he did this at the same time he's working over at dc and i think we like to do that though we like to tear people down we want to build people up just so we can tear them down all this shit with the free britney stuff that's been going on i mean good for her i'm glad she's out of that horrific life that she's in but how long is it going to be my wife and i said as soon as we saw free britney britney's free she's done with her dad how long will it be for all these people who are out there wearing their free Britney t-shirts to start tearing her down again? Crazy thing is, is they called this on South Park years ago and they called it with um, Miley Cyrus. They're like, well, when we use up Britney, we're going to turn to Miley Cyrus, which is exactly what people did. Build them up to tear them down. Build them up to tear them down. And I don't know why that is. I don't know. I just don't want to just build people up and then hold them up. I don't want to build them up and hold them up. Why don't you want to say, you know what? You're awesome. And I'm going to keep supporting you. Like, again, going back to my thing with Chuck Palahack. And like I said, in in, uh, the, when we did Fight Club 2, I am Chuck's abused puppy. I keep coming back. I keep saying, I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done. But I'm not. I keep coming back because I love his writing. Some of his books are really important to me. And I want his next books and his next book and his next book to be good. And they don't hit for me and people still like them and that's amazing but I'm not tearing Chuck down I'm not here to say he sucks I'm saying no no no, he's still good and I want him to succeed and I, I want the next album by my favorite band to be good I don't want it to be a dud all those U2 fans who wanted Zooropa to be good but Zooropa sucked everybody it sucked it doesn't mean U2 sucks it means that album wasn't very good but you know what at least we can say they tried something there right they were trying something different and I didn't want to tear them down for making a crappy album they were trying something maybe and it swung and missed or maybe they were being lazy and they're like well here's a bunch of scraps either way we don't know it was different it didn't work and I find that really um, sad that people were like, well, I'm done with you too because this album sucks. I'm done with whatever. Um, Weezer is one of my all-time favorite bands. Weezer, Weezer. I know, Mike, you love Weezer. And the thing about Weezer is they made that like a, almost a perfect first album and then the second album is also really good and the third album is pretty good. And then the band lineup changed and they grew up. They're not these poor kids anymore. They're getting wealthy. They have different experiences. They have kids. They don't all live in the same stinky garage together. You know, they're growing up, so their music is changing. And I'm I am ride or die for Weezer. I'm that moment on that Saturday Night Live sketch where Matt Damon and Leslie get into the big fight and he's like ride or die for Weezer and they, you know, it's, and she's like, so you're dumb and she smashes a, a glass and it's hysterical and at one point, I think Matt Damon's character in the sketch says, you know, drink blood. Oh, my God. So funny. Because I'm that guy. I'm I'm not saying you should drink blood because you don't like Weezer. But I'm saying, like, don't shit on them just because you don't like what they're doing. Is every album perfect? Absolutely not. But they're trying different things. And I want to keep liking them. They might be giants. I'm going to keep liking. Bare Naked Ladies, the Canadian Beatles. Love them. I was there at the beginning when Gordon came out. I, you know, I was in college. I heard that album. You know, they're, they're, they're. They're from not far from where I'm from. You know, they're from Toronto. I'm from Michigan. You know, they, they, there was plenty of Canadian radio stations that I could just pick up for where I lived. So I heard Bare Naked Ladies and I'm still a big fan. 
is every album perfect? No. Bare Naked Ladies Are Men isn't a great album, but I still listen to it every once in a while. It's still good. There's still a couple of bangers on there. Their new album comes out. I buy it. I'm not here to tear them down. I'm not here to say, well, you're not what you were. Gordon was, you peaked at Gordon. And maybe they did. Gordon is almost a perfect album and every song is good. And that blue album of Weezer, every song is amazing, but it doesn't mean that Pinkerton is better or 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 worse. It's just different. And it doesn't mean that Ratitude is better or worse. I mean, maybe objectively Ratitude is a little bit worse than the Blue Album, like if you're a music critic, but like how it makes me feel as a fan. I like Ratitude. I think it's a lot of fun. They're making pop songs. They were silly. They went out of control. And then they swung back around. And then, you know, this last year, they put out a metal album and they put out an orchestra album. Loved them both. I mean, same band doing everything, trying. But people want to tear them down. They, like when Van Weezer came out, they're like, yeah, here's Weezer that we love. They're out rocking. And when they put out OK Orchestra, they're like, oh, well, or OK Human. They're like, yeah, no, I don't know. They're trying too hard. They're this, they're lame. It's blah, blah, blah. And I just thought that up. They were both great, totally different, but both great albums. They were artists trying different things. And you're like, wait, I thought I was listening to Indie Comic Spotlight, not Indie Music Spotlight. You are. But this is what this... This is what this comic is about. It's about reaching for something and not being able to get there and the tragedy that that is. I mean, this guy, Eric, he's not the greatest guy. He's kind of a dick. And he's not my favorite character in the history of the world. Um, But, you know, is Charlie Parker the greatest person in the history of the world? Was Kurt Cobain the greatest person in the history of the world? Was Robert Johnson the greatest person in the history of the world? I don't think so, right? But, But they've been held up as saints because they died and instead of living through it instead of living through the ups and downs like Weezer has to read people shit on them bare naked ladies have to read people say ever since Stephen Page left you guys suck that is false that is not true but that is what people want to say because they people are on team whatever we always have to be on team whatever Jack and I were talking today about during the Britpop, you either had to like Blur or you had to like Oasis. Why? Why can't you just like them both? They're both good. They're both different. I mean, Oasis probably objectively wrote better songs, but Blur's sounded better, you know, and that's different. Those are different things. Better versus like, better versus favorite. That's what we talk about. And so I think what Ram V is really digging into is that idea of if I can't be the best, if I'm not the best thing ever. If I haven't reached the pinnacle of awesome and everybody doesn't tell me how great I am every day, I would rather not go on. And I'm not saying that Ram V is saying, you know, Charlie Parker and Cobain and Robert Johnson, you know, their their illnesses and the way that they died is the only way out. But I think he's making a comment on, well, what happens if you wrote it out? What happens if you just kept working? What happens if you're a great musician who all you end up doing is teaching other kids to be musicians? Is that okay? What if you just are a backing studio guy and you could spend your whole life just playing saxophone and getting paid to play saxophone? It seems pretty awesome. Or what if you don't get paid to play saxophone, but it's just something you do every day because you love it? And you have a different job, but saxophone is something you do because it makes you feel something as opposed to the thing that is your job. He's asking all these questions and 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 he's making us think about the way that all these bands are treated or artists or whomever. You know, it's 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 with um, writers. It's that way. And I'm on the record saying Stephen King is up and down for me when he's high, man. 
everything he does in a per book that's hitting is perfect. But I have not read all of his books or some of his books. I've gotten 100 pages in or 300 pages in, like Under the Dome, and I just stopped. It doesn't mean Stephen King's awful and I want to tear him down. It means the next book that comes out, I'm going to try it. Ian Rice, the same way that some Ian Rice books. I love the Vampire Chronicles. I totally hated the Lasher books. The Witch books, hated those. Totally different. Same writer, writing at the same time. One I love, one I can't stand. Doesn't mean I hate her. It just means that's how I feel. It's how I react to things. And it's okay. You can, you can do both things. And you as the artist have to accept that. When you put things out in the world, you have to understand that not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody who's listening to me is agreeing with me. Some people have turned it off and they're like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Some people aren't even going to listen to it. My lowest streamed show is Coffin Bound, which I think is one of the best comics I've read in the last 10 years. It's so good and it needs the love. But people aren't people didn't read it. And that's that's okay. I mean, Dan Waters has moved on. He's been successful. He's doing a good job everywhere. You know, he's a great writer. But that didn't work out. But he tried something and it makes me sad that other people didn't dig it. But it doesn't mean I hate them either. You know, and there's something about the, that fandom too that's at play in here is is the way that fans make or break careers as opposed to talent making or breaking careers. It's just such a weird place where we live in when people and artists people who are artists excuse me are at the whim of the masses and i mean yes of course if you keep making bad records and they don't sell then yeah you shouldn't get another record deal or whatever but it doesn't mean that you suck it just means you're not hitting the trend and i hate it when people chase trends too because it's like oh this is the cool thing so we got to do this you know this is what's selling now this is what's selling now this is what's selling and i think like somebody who i can think of like that like avril lavigne who you know Oh, grunge was the thing when she came out. And so that's what she did. She was just a songwriter, you know? And then they're like, well, you can sing. You can play guitar. You should put out your own album. So she's like, I'll make this punky kind of pop punk album. And then it's like, oh, but now everybody's doing pop songs. Oh, I'll do pop songs. And now everybody's doing ballads. Oh, I'll do ballads. You know, so she just, she chased whatever was trendy as opposed to doing. And maybe that's what she wanted. Maybe she was setting the trend and I don't understand it. I just feel like people do that because they're chasing fame more than anything. And blue in green is about somebody who's chasing fame, who's chasing the high of glory as opposed to being comfortable, just being good. And we all struggle with this, right? We, and this is why we tear people down because we aren't that. We're not famous. I'm not in Weezer and I want to be in Weezer. And why do they get to suck when I don't, don't even get to be famous? I don't get to be rich and they just get to put out a bunch of shit or whoever, whoever you decide to hate this week. You do that because you can, because you're jealous and you're bitter. And that's what it's about, because you're not happy with yourself. And and artists are the same way. They're, they're also people, right? They're like, well, I want to put out this album of whatever. And you're like, no, that's not going to work. Okay, well, you know, you're right. It's not going to work. It didn't sell well. I got to do something. I got to make money if I want to be an artist. And there's there's some compromise in there, too. But there's also being true to yourself. And I, I this is a conversation I have with my students almost every day. Um... What do we do with ourselves? What is the life we want to live? I teach liberal arts studies courses, so I'm not just teaching writing. I teach liberal arts studies too, and liberal arts studies are about the big picture in life. And some of the classes I teach are specifically about that. You're like now you're getting on in your, in your life, you're leaving school, you're leaving university. What are you going to do? How are you going to use your time? Is money all that matters to you? Is this college degree here just to increase your wealth or is it to make you a better person? Do you play music so that you can be a rich, famous musician? Or do you play music because it feeds your soul and it makes you feel better about yourself? 
I don't know. That's a tough question, isn't it? And why do you do the things you do? Why do I do the show? I'm certainly not making money off this show. I mean, I'm sitting alone in my office at 10 o'clock at night talking to my computer. Hopefully, one person who's out there is going to listen and be like, man, blue and green sounds fucking awesome. I'm going to go read that. That's what I want. I mean, I want to promote art that I love. That's what we do. I mean, I try to be positive as much as I can once in a while. You know, I do a negative review. I do say this book isn't very good, but I'm still finding some joy in it. Even when I did 30 Days a Night with Kyle, you know, we still found something good about that. You don't have to love everything. You don't have to give everything five stars. Not everything is five stars. Some things are two stars. Some things are just okay. But you still can find something good in there. And I think that's what Blue and Green is about. It's about trying to just find the good in there and finding the happy in your life and what is it that makes you fulfilled. Are you fulfilled just making music or are you only fulfilled if you're being famous and a superstar for making music? It's a question you have to ask yourself. And so we see that in this book. Um, you know, these guys uh, writing this and drawing this book, it's about that. And, and visually, and I need to wrap it up here. I've been rambling. Wow, time flies when you're talking to yourself. Um, the art, oh my God, is so amazing. And it's, the cover alone is just, it's its a face looking through a record. And I can't, I can't even tell you how much I love this art. Anand R.K.'s art. And then John Pearson, the colorist. That's chef's kiss. John Pearson's coloring. He is the winner. Uh, but Anand R.K.'s art, art is amazing. And this is a visually mesmerizing book. And I think that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, the way that it plays with mental illness. I think it really delves into, is this... Is this misery or is it mental illness? Is this supernatural or is this mental illness? Now, those are different things. Misery is, you can get through misery. It's grief. You can get past it. Mental illness, you need help. You need something different, right? You need help to get through grief too. But that's different than getting through a mental illness. And of course, obviously, if it's supernatural, the supernatural is real. Well, what are you doing? I think, it, but this book leaves you guessing and it is beautifully drawn and haunting and you'll you'll read it it's a quick read it's like maybe 140 pages so it's a one sitter and i would read it in a sitting sit down read it in a sitting and i would say listen to some music play music what is the music you love listen to that while you're reading this if you like jazz because this is about jazz and blues do that uh you know whatever you like play that in the background while you're reading this book and think about when you're done how did that how did that music fill you up when you were reading this um, I think I listen to, and I know I've read that I say this often when I'm, when I'm, um, reading, but I, Michael Penn is one of my all time favorite singer songwriters. He's the brother of Sean Penn and Chris Penn, and he's the husband to Amy Mann. And he's, he does not tour, um, anymore, which makes me very sad because I never got to see him, but he wrote, and I just love everything that he does. And I listen to him all the time. And there's just something soothing about him in the background. And so I listen to that. And, you know, I could, he, he was, he, you know, scores movies now and he did all the music for the TV show Girls and he'll occasionally drop a single, but he's just made some beautiful music and he's content. He, he did well. He found a way to make music without having to be famous. You know, those are different things. And so uh, I wasn't intentional. It just happened to be what I was reading, uh, listening to when I read this, but, but 
find some music you love, find something, maybe even some obscure music. Like what's that band? What's that indie band that nobody's heard of? Or, or what's that guilty pleasure? Do you love the Spice Girls and everybody makes fun of you for loving the Spice Girls? They shouldn't. Spice Girls are awesome. Listen to them. What's the thing? What's the music that really is your music? What is your favorite band? Who's your favorite singer? And I know that's hard to say. Who's my favorite? I mean, it's impossible to say, you know, I love Michael Penn, but of course his wife, Amy Mann, she's a knockout too. I love listening to her. And of course the Beatles, the Ramones, there's things that build your life. Uh, they're all there. Uh, whatever your music is, listen to it. You know, um, whatever that is, I don't care. Rap, jazz, blues, it's classical. Play a song, show tunes. I don't care. Listen, find an album, play it, read this book. You're you're gonna. It's it. This this is a comic that needs to be read with your favorite music in the background. Blue in green, image comics. I, you you didn't read it. Nobody. I mean, I don't know anybody who's read it. I, that makes me sad. So it didn't wasn't reviewed well, which I I don't know. I, I find that difficult to say. I don't think people were thinking about it um, in the way that I'm thinking about it. Um, so that's why I think they're wrong. I think the reviewers are wrong. I think some of the haters were just out to hate. And again, I feel like a lot of it was, well, this Ram V kid's getting a little too big for his britches. Well, I disagree. I think he's stunning. I think his work is stunning. And you should go pick it up. There'll be a link in the show notes, of course. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for reading this book. Go read this book. I try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible, as always, with this. And I look forward to seeing you all down the line.